I think we know if I got the ball as much as some other guys, my numbers would be a lot better. But it's about being involved, but also ultimately winning. That's, that's what I'm on. So. in the building, call him the first down maker, uh, Mark Quay McDaniel. Last decade, no one, nobody in the CFL has converted more second downs than Mark Quay McDaniel. Underrated, but appreciated by the folks on the Wago. Mark Quay, mm -hmm. Mark, welcome. Appreciate you for having me, man. Let's jump, let's jump right into to the off season. Your off season started, uh, started late in some ways uh, because your season, obviously the, end, the ending of the Great Cup. Mm -hmm. Talk to me just about the, about the ending of, of, of that game and, and the days that followed the heartbreaking yeah. loss, uh, if, you, if you don't mind. Yeah, you just, uh, just a disappointing feeling. Um, just the fact that we didn't play close to what we were capable of or close to what we even how good we've been playing. So um, you 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 put in all this work in the off season and guys away from their families and stuff and go through a whole another 18 games just to get to this one point. And so... Uh, Have you watched the film? Did you watch the film? I've watched the game. I haven't watched the detailed copy yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll watch that probably when I get back. But it's always good to watch. It's, I use it as motivation. You know, any any kind of motivation I can use to kind of keep this uh, keep that fire going, uh, I'm gonna use it. So you definitely use it as a motivation. But you you can't just I wouldn't I don't want to say give away rings because Ottawa came to play and I respect them a lot. But I just feel like as a whole, man, uh, they came out ready to. They punched us in the mouth and we didn't respond, and, and that's not us. Just from a quick exit and nose point, if I want to move on to your free agency in this season, but uh -huh. I, do want, I do want to get your perspective from an exit and nose standpoint after watching the, or seeing the seeing it on the sidelines mm -hmm. and hearing the guys talk after. Right. What was it? Why did the offense struggle in the second half and not be able to move the ball after having so much success all season long in those situations? Obviously, you're not, you're not being there. Right. You're the main. You're always the main target, especially yeah. in, in you know versus zone or you know even in the, in the shake routes on second down. Right. But what, what, other, other than the, the number one target, your number one target not being there, what was the reason for lack of success? Yeah, see, that, and that's the biggest question because that's the question I asked myself because there was stuff there. Um, I know their D-line did a good job getting pressure on Bo. Um, so that was a factor. Um, and I know they were playing a lot of zone, which was smart because they were up. So they were just kind of sitting back and, and letting everything underneath happen. So they would just have to come up and tackle. So that was smart on their part too. So um, so I think a combination of, of those two things, but there was stuff there. We just didn't find it. You talked about that Rick Campbell, because of his familiarity with Mm -hmm. uh, Dave and, and the, the whole staff mm -hmm. offensive schemes mm -hmm. that he knew kind of what you guys were doing before right. you did it in the depth. Was that, you know, was that, does that play into it, do you think, the fact that Rick was so familiar with you guys? Not at all. Because um, like I said, looking at the film, there was, there was stuff open, definitely open. So, I mean, I'm sure he was familiar with us, but uh, I think he... As you were familiar with Right, him, right, right. So I just felt like they played a smart, played it smart because their offense was on fire uh, and, they, and they jumped out on us. So that gave them the opportunity to just kind of sit back and let everything happen the way they wanted it to. Moving forward, free agency this year, you were, you were a free agent. Went through the whole off season and, and then eventually decided to, to come back yeah. with the stamps. I, I walk us through that process and, and your free agency and uh, ultimately returning to the stamps. Yeah, we actually got it done the day before free agency hit, which 
which I didn't think was going to happen, honestly. Uh, so I heard from him in December. Uh, and then, you know, it wasn't something that we were going to sign. So uh, a couple weeks before free agency hit, we, we heard it from him. So they start talking, uh, Huff started talking to my agent. And I kind of just stayed out of it, you know. I, they not watch the second half of the Grey Cup and realize hey. without what, what it looks, the offense looks like without you? Hey, I, I ask myself a lot of questions, like what's going on here. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, as a player, someone who – gives you everything they got, comes to play, comes to work, you know, get get no one was talking about our receiver group before last year. And I'm not saying I had a big part in that, but I made sure I told those guys, hey, make sure we on the same page. Make sure we know what we're doing. And I felt like those guys kinda gained some respect for me. They respected that, you know, I came to work every day and I kinda feel like they just followed suit. And guys like the bars who just came in and worked, and when he got his opportunity, ran off with it. So uh, we it didn't have to come down to that. So, and I wasn't I wasn't going to sign a bad deal. So, sorry. You didn't deserve to as much. Right. Everything I've, I always hear when when Mark Perfect Daniel's name comes up, you always hear that consistency. Right, exactly. A guy that puts up numbers year right. in year out. Right. The numbers you put up are like you see are completely uh, around the league. Uh, the guys who play against you realize how, how good you are. I think you're on the in the big picture. I think you're a little bit underappreciated, right. and uh, probably because there's not a lot of flash in your right. game. You're, right. you're, I played against you a little bit at the end. Then right. you're gritty, you're tough, right. and seem to get it get it done. But I'm glad you glad you're back with the stamps right. and that ability. Maybe capture what you guys didn't capture last season. Yeah, and it's all and me. You know, you talk about numbers and stuff, and and that's the thing with Calgary. I know uh, I'm not a selfish guy. I don't complain about getting the ball. Um, I think we know if I got the ball as much as some other guys, my numbers would be a lot better. But you know, it's about it's about being involved, but also ultimately winning. That's that's what I'm on. So, have you always been there? Have you always taken pride in your blocking? Because you're physical, you right. you'll go over the middle, you'll mm-hmm. get smacked, you'll block people. Right. Have you, what's your what's your football upbringing? Tell us about your football upbringing. Uh, you a running back or a linebacker? In your yeah, kids? it's crazy. My first year actually playing football, I was 13, but I it had a weight class. So where I, was this, I might have been 12 or 13 in Virginia Beach. That's where I'm from. So I might have been 12, but we had Shout a out to Virginia Beach. Right, right. All, all <laughs> seven, five, seven. Yeah. Beach. So we had they had a 140 pound weight limit. I think I was right at 139 something. I was 12 years old. Yeah. So I was pretty nice size. But because I was right at that eight, that limit, I was playing O-line and D-line. <laughs> I grew up playing baseball, though. My dad's a big baseball guy. So I, I didn't play football at all until that year, but then I didn't play against my junior in high school. So I played running back that so you year. Play, you played when you were 12 years old that didn't play against your junior in high yeah, school. Yeah, I played, I only played running back my junior year. So my senior year, we got a new coach. His name was Chris Beatty. He actually played in the CFL. Had a little time in the NFL, but he moved me to receiver. We ran a four-wide CFL-type system. Okay. So that's when I had 70-some catches, 1,200 yards. Like, so that's when I got introduced to playing receiver. And he was just all just one of those guys. You got to be able to do everything. That's what he said. And then I went to Hampton University for college. And uh, when you got 2,000-yard backs two years in a row, you're going to learn how to block. So, <laughs> But luckily, my last couple of years, I got that same high school coach with my OC, so I got to get the ball a little bit more. But I just feel like it's a part of the game, man. You got to be a complete receiver because one block could turn a 10-yard run into a 30, 40-yard run, and, that, and that's big, and that's something 
I've always been taught, and that's something I will always stress. If someone doesn't doesn't show up in the stat sheet, and right? A lot of exactly. Don't see it, but the guys guys around the league definitely exactly. see what you do on a day to day day to day basis. Tell us right. tell us about your relationship with, with Bo and, mm -hmm. and 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 how that is. You you look to as that guy. You've been mm -hmm. that guy, right. uh, especially on as I talked about on second down. Mm -hmm. What is it that uh, you guys have a relationship? Why is it special? Right. Why is it always look for you yeah. in those money situations? I think it started uh, when Bo got to Cal. He wasn't the starter, um, but I saw how he was preparing. Uh, he was—I think it was—he was third string on the depth chart, but he was, you know, taking notes, uh, learning the offense around the same time I was. So me and him kind of came up together in the offense together. So when he came became a starter, we just made sure we was on the same page with everything. And uh, I, I, I pride myself on being a pretty smart receiver. Uh, so you know, I know what defense are trying to do. So it's all about finding a hole and not doing too much um, within the offense, Make, making sure I know what I'm doing, but keeping it in the offense and just finding those holes. The difference between uh, John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson as a head coach, uh -huh. tell me the difference that, uh, what do you see on the, from, from these two guys as, mm -hmm. as, as leaders? Not from an X's and O's standpoint, right. but the way they lead. Uh, I would say Huff is more that Al Pacino, any given Sunday type guy. <laughs> Uh, laid back, but just kind of old school. But I'll put you yeah, any given Sunday. I, All right. that's I how like I like. It. You know, like the same it. with the, the Italian thing and everything. I, I, I mean, I, everybody likes Huff as a as a coach. Got to respect him. Uh, chill guy. Like players coach. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Chill, chill coach. But you know, if he need to say something, he'll say it. And that's the same thing with Dave. I've been around him since I got here, and I always get that question. I'm like, he's no different to me because I've always been around him. People don't know how funny Dave really is because when he comes to practice. He's all about business. That's what I like about him. But in the meet in the meeting room and stuff, oh yeah, he'll he'll he'll, he'll shoot some shots, and they they you gonna feel him too. <laughs> Dave was understated, understated right. as a whole, such a great great oh, yeah, player. Definitely. But he's so he's so humble. He, he won't mm -hmm. he won't say much. But he does have a he does have. I played with Dave a couple uh, years as okay. well in, in San Diego. He has a great right. great sense of humor right. and, a, and, a, and a funny a funny dude. But so coming into this year now, you guys look. Did you make improvements in the offseason? How was, how do you think your squad measures up? Because mm -hmm. you look around the league, BC got better, right, yeah. Saskatchewan got better. Right. Did the staffs get get better? I think I think one of the things, one of the ways we got better is we didn't lose a lot. You know, we lost some key guys, um, but that's going to happen. But it, we didn't lose too much, and and I think we looks like just just really the big ones are Glenn Love and, and right. Derek Dennis, or right? Obviously Derek Dennis, but that, that's about the two that mm -hmm. that uh, that you lose and you don't pick up don't pick up much kind of uh, stand pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's why I say it's more about keeping the guys here. Yeah. And, and you know we'll always get guys from down south or in the CFL draft stuff like that. And you just got to bring those guys along, which I think will happen. Which has happened every year since I've been there. As you're coming into your what year? What year this will be my ninth year in the CFL. Ninth, ninth season. Your expectations and, and, and anything you want uh, to finish finish up in the last you know the last half of your career mm -hmm. here. What are, what are your thoughts on what what do you expect from yourself coming into the season? I just I just expect expect to build on last year. Um, I had a good good year felt great going in I'm with the same trainer that I that I had last year so at this age how do you how do you stay fresh how, how are you how are you keeping up at this age I think I'm paying attention just to more training stuff I've always been a guy to take care of my body but um, stuff I'm doing with my trainer I, I carry it over to the season I think that's paid off for me last year um, so so definitely learning paying attention to more detailed stuff off the field 
that uh, and then mentally um, just figuring out what defenses are trying to do. So it's the Adidas Combine this week. That's what we're here for, Mark CFL Week in the Adidas Combine. If you, in your ninth season with the lineup <laughs> and a 40-yard dash this weekend, what time, I've asked a few guys this question, what time can we get from Mark yeah. McDaniel in his ninth CFL season? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest because it's without the waggle. I'm going to give you, hopefully, I, hopefully I can run in the 4-6 still. That waggle makes a big, big difference it. for I me. Hey, I, honesty, I yeah. Just have, okay, <laughs> a couple guys going to ask the same question. The, the vets who are asked the question all give a real answers because uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. I said, the guy I want to line up with, the guy who tells me he run a 4-6. Right. I know he knows he can play. Uh -huh. He doesn't need to run a 4 Exactly, four. yeah. I, I can run good routes. I don't really, I don't really need 4-6. <laughs> <four or six, laughs> so. and, I, and I know I can't trust. If you tell me you run a 4-4, Four, yeah. I, this I, this time I, hey. I, would, I couldn't trust you anyway. Hey, Logan still might be in the four four range though. He's still moving. He might <laughs> he might be. Shout out to Steph Logan. Yeah. He's five three. Mark Ray, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We look forward to catching you. One of the true true ballers in this league, a vet who consistently gets it done, and the guys around us, we got a ton of respect for what you do, my man. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.